Hi, this is Dr. Karen Becker. Join me for Cat Extravaganza Week from January 10th to the 16th to celebrate all things feline. We'll be featuring exclusive interviews from cat experts, a live Q&A, plus amazing daily giveaways. Please visit healthypets.mercola.com backslash cats for more information. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and helping me celebrate Cat Week Extravaganza is Peter Cohen of Zen by Cat. So thank you, Peter, for joining me. And we're so excited to learn more about Zen by Cat. I'm very happy to share all about Zen by Cat. So back up and tell me when and why you started Zen by Cat. How long ago? I know the Zen by Cat story, but our, some of our listeners and readers may not. So back up and tell us how you started this fantastic platform. Well, it actually started before I was involved with FIP. I have been uh, adopting and rescuing cats for 30 years. And my house is built uh, for cats because I'm a general contractor. Uh, and we called our house House of Neckle. So for those years, I would uh, share videos of my cats and my house, uh, trying to get the message out that humans and cats can live together and both benefit. And then in 2016, one of my uh, new adopted cats, Miss Bean, was diagnosed with FIP, which is this horrific, always fatal disease. Uh, and through the fame of my house, I was able to get her into the first drug trial at UC Davis using human HIV antiviral drugs to try to treat FIP. And uh, I met Dr. Peterson. Um, at UC Davis, the first thing I said, because I was so grateful he was going to try to save my cat, is how can I help? He said, uh, we need money, lots of money to end FIP. And that led to the creation of Zen by Cat, a legal nonprofit to raise money for those researchers. So beautiful. Let's back up and talk a little bit about first, let's unpack your awesome story. Let's go back to your general contractor and your kind of kick-ass cat house, did you did you innately love cats and realize that you could make your cat more emotionally and physically stimulating for your kitties by altering it? Is, is that how things started for your, for your own well, home? So when I, I actually grew up with dogs, my family, including me, was allergic to cats. And when I bought this house 30 years ago, it came with two uh, indoor-outdoor stray cats that we kind of adopted. Uh, and pretty quickly, uh, both of them were hit by cars in separate accidents. One died uh, oh. and one uh, were able to uh, recover through a lot of medical attention. And while that cat was recovering, I went to a local shelter and adopt two kittens uh, for company. And I just got hooked by the magic of cats. Uh, and then I'm a builder. And uh, I think in 95, I saw this little book by a, a gentleman named Bob Walker, who had built a cat house. Uh, and I thought, I can do that. So I, I had my carpenters build one simple little catwalk. My cats immediately jumped on it. And that started us on this long, never-ending project to catify our house. Okay, so tell me, first of all, do you have people that just knock in your door and want to see your house all the time? <laughs> I have to ask. Well, I bet you do. <laughs> so yeah, many people have seen our house on the YouTube and whatnot. Of and course. Before COVID, before COVID, we welcomed visitors. Lots of people yeah. would come actually from all over the world to, to hang out with our cats. Uh, once COVID gets back under control, we will welcome visitors again. And do you have, do, because you're a builder, first of all, it's really great that, that you are a builder because you know kind of what it takes, what the costs are. You, you know all the backside if people wanted to kind of catify their homes. Do you... Uh, give people tips and tricks on how to go about doing this themselves for um, and like when you come up with new ideas, how do you go about implementing them in your house? And then in turn, 
basically you share them on YouTube to show people how easy it can be done or what the expense is. How does it work? Um, yeah. So as I said, we've been doing this for 30 years. My carpenters, uh, when they have free time and I have money, we, we look at a different area of the house, try to build something new, something interesting. Uh, and I do help lots of people catapult their house. Uh, obviously, I, I, I am very lucky. Uh, I can afford to do a lot of this stuff with my carpenters. But today, there are so many options available of inexpensive and different tastes, different ways to catify different styles of walks. It doesn't take a lot of money. Cats just yeah. want a place to climb and a, and a box to go into. Uh, and we just try to, to, to tell people it can work for both. The cat will like it and you should like the way it looks. And so I, I help people do that. And your own home, would you say 75% of your home has been catified? A hundred percent of your home? At what percentage is your home right now? So we started with one catwalk in one room and now every room in my house is connected multiple ways uh, with catwalks and tunnels. The cats can go anywhere they want through their own little- I love that. I love that. That's, that's awesome. And how many kitties do you have currently? Uh, we currently have 24 rescued cats who live here. It's awesome. And do you have uh, any intercat issues or no? You have a pretty peaceful home. Uh, no, actually, you, people often ask, how do I get them all to get along? Uh, they don't. So um, some cats just don't like each other. We have a very uh, ever-changing and complicated schedule where we allow access to different parts of the house at different times. Uh, we never give up trying to socialize cats. And we found over the years, you know, as cats age, their personalities change. So one cat may not get along for a while and then start getting along. Uh, but we we have to work with the cats. Ultimately, they're cats. So yeah, yeah, yep. And so that I think I asked that question because I think a lot of people think, gosh, I can't get two cats to get along. I can't imagine having twenty four. But you just manage those issues just as we manage them on a two cat basis. You're managing them on a larger scale, and so you just have a more of a professional operations, maybe with schedules and things. But it's great to hear that you are doing what all of us do in terms of just managing different kitties at different parts of the homes at different times. Same strategy, larger scale, uh, which is awesome. So then this had to be devastating, Peter. When you got the news, you brought a kitty home in 2016 that you, I'm sure you were unaware had FIP. That that had to put you into quite a, a tailspin. I'm sure that you you felt like you were hit by a Mack truck when you got that diagnosis, because I'm sure once you realized what it entailed, that had to be soul crushing. Yes, because I actually had lost a kitten to FIP uh, about seven years before that. Uh, so I knew it was a completely fatal disease. The one I had lost before from diagnosis to euthanasia was five days. So that's what Gosh. I was prepared for. And yeah. then when I found out about the trial, uh, you know, well, suddenly there was a little tiny chance of hope. And so, first of all, did your cat exhibit symptoms? Is that how you knew that your cat was FIP positive or how, how yes. sick was she? Yeah. So Miss Bean was the cat. And yes, she uh, had wet FIP, which mm. basically they, they fill with fluid. So it was pretty obvious what she had. And we knew right away. Gosh. Okay. So then you contact Dr. Peterson. Dr. Peterson says, come on in. You can be a part of the clinical trial. Was she, uh, was she visible? Were you nervous about her even living through the trial? I would assume if she was already clinical with wet, with the wet form, it, that's no joke serious. Uh, yes. And so just to be clear, I, I, I 
I reached out to UC Davis because someone had told me about it. And it was just really the right, being very lucky at the right time, there was one more slot. Uh, and, and basically they said, if you drive her up here and she meets all the qualifications, she'll get in. And we did that. We drove the next day and she did and she got in. And she was pretty close to death. She was really swollen. Uh, oh. And one of the amazing things about this drug that ultimately was successful is when they administer to the cat, the cat responds within a day. So she went from wow. being really lethargic and, and hardly moving to a very playful cat, kitten. Wow. Um, and then of course, it's wow. a, it, it was a 12 week treatment program. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was um, how, how many years ago? Was it in 2016? Correct. 2016. Wow. Okay. So the first paper I read about that, you know, uh, this, this nucleoside analog was in 2018 was the first time I read about it. So for people that aren't familiar with this, with this experimental treatment, it's used, it's a drug, it's an antiviral drug used off label, which means it's not labeled for cats with FIP, but this brilliant, actually a whole group of brilliant researchers decided to trial it. Thank goodness. And it was quite successful. But can you walk our listeners and readers through the backstory? For instance, what did Dr. Peterson tell you about this drug that they were trialing? And what, like, what was your experience using this experimental nucleoside analog? So uh, to, actually in that first trial, that was the first trial in real world cats, uh, they were using a previous, a different drug called GC376, uh, ah. which was an antiviral. And the purpose of that first trial was to find out the dosage in real world cats. So uh, when smoke, uh, Ms. Bean got in the trial, they were, they were treating for nine weeks. During that time, it, it was determined it had to go to 12 weeks. Ms. Bean didn't make it. Uh, Smokey was the second cat I adopted during the trial. Uh, he, he went for 12 weeks and he was cured. Mm. And the second trial also held in 2016 and 2017, there were two more trials. They did a different drug uh, made by Gilead, owned by Gilead, called GS441524. That's the drug that is currently available only uh, from Chinese online sellers uh, because Gilead, for their own reason, chose not to license it. So uh, it's unlicensed. It's it, the, the Chinese companies claim that they have their own version of it that will be that aside, uh, but people can get it online. And uh, currently it's the only place you can get this drug to cure FIP. Gosh. So, so a couple different things. Do you know what happened with that for the first trial when they were trying to determine the, the length of treatment and they went from nine to 12 weeks and they were using the GC376 Yes. They're no longer using GC37. That is not an option for treatment just because the GS441 is, is, was more efficacious in theory, because it's hard for people to get a hold of the GS441. Is the uh, GC option not, not like it was not as efficacious and they just opted not to go down that route or could that still provide hope for kitties or not? The researchers are not even going there. So the GC376 actually is in the uh, in the process of being approved by the FDA uh, through the American drug company Anavi. So and GC376 uh, in that first trial, five cats, including Smokey, survived out of 20. Uh, Dr. Peters and then the next two trials used GS and GS was much more effective. But okay. Dr. Peterson has said, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but basically he said 
he believes GC376 will be as effective as GS. It's just in that first trial, uh, they yeah. were trying to figure out the dosages. So, yeah. uh, and for whatever reasons, the, the, the GC376 is not available from the Chinese companies. I don't know why. Okay, but but maybe because it was somewhat efficacious. I mean, your your kitty survived, thank goodness. Um, and because it did show some promise, maybe, maybe us as veterinarians and certainly all of the cat lovers around the world dealing with cats positive with FIP, it could be in several years that the GC376 might be an option down the road. At least we'll have something. And that's that's very good news. The GS44 option that we can now buy in China, can we talk a little bit about that? Um, sure. So, so it's uh, basically when people, I get contacted four or five times a day from uh, with people with FIP cats from all over the world. And I always connect them to a Facebook group called FIP Warriors 5.0. Uh, and I send the links. It's really important because there's lots of fake groups. There's lots of disinformation. And, and that is an amazing group of volunteers all over the world who will connect people uh, usually within the same day with someone treating nearby, get them the drug, get it started, and then help them buy from the various online sellers. Uh, and they're all volunteers. And then uh, that's how the, the treatment goes. Okay. Okay. And I would assume that that's extra important only because, Peter, for instance, when I this is several years ago, but when I Googled how to find GS441, I did find a lab. It's called Adoq Bioscience. I have no idea if that's you know when you're buying products from other countries to use extra labely extra label. It's scary. Can I assume that that the beautiful volunteers in this group that you have found a somewhat stable source source or source says that you have been able to trust more so than than others? Yes. So I, I've been working with FIP Warriors 5.0 again since they formed two and a half years ago. I was created by this amazing woman, Robin Kintz, whose kitten Henry had FIP and she found me and found that the only way to get the drug was from these Chinese online sellers. And that group grew to 30,000 members. Uh, it's been taken down many times. Uh, the politics of, of using these off-label drugs are complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they are the ones I trust. And again, they are volunteers and they curate these companies. And the problem is that uh, there may be four or five uh, viable sellers that are selling drugs that are working, but maybe a drug works for five months and then that company's drug stops working, something goes wrong. So they are trying, they keep up to date on what's working. People often ask uh, the, about the pricing. The pricing varies from company to company. Again, these are unregulated Chinese companies. Um, so you, 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 you get one that works and you buy what you need. Uh, and they're really good at helping people. Uh, That's, and you know, so people that might be listening to this think, my gosh, it sounds kind of risky. When, when there aren't drugs available to treat these fatal diseases, we are left as veterinarians, oftentimes using products extra label. Many of the drugs that we use in veterinary medicine are human drugs that we use extra labeling and have used for decades because they are unlicensed for dogs and cats. The difference is we typically buy extra label drugs produced in the US that have you know FDA testing and third-party testing available. When we're ordering from other countries, that isn't there. So the fact that there's a group at least scanning, they know the backstory. They have, you know, this is not their first rodeo when it comes to ordering these products from different countries. It's really wonderful that there's a group out there at least 
keeping their finger on the pulse of what companies are popping up, what companies you've not had success with, and what companies maybe we need to steer completely away from. It sounds a little bit like guerrilla medicine, but the truth is, it is. And yet, thankfully, we have awesome Facebook groups that will help cat lovers worldwide walk through this process with them. It's really wonderful that we have 30,000 committed people in a group also to help support people that just got this diagnosis. The range, Peter, of cost, let's say for the 12-week treatment, anywhere from uh, the cheapest being maybe a thousand bucks on up to much more than that, or what could people anticipate if they were contemplating using this drug? Yes. Yeah, so, so currently the, the range, it goes from the, the FIP is in three forms. The easiest form to cure is the wet FIP and then followed by dry FIP and the hardest is neurological. And the treatment is the same drug. It's just more and more of the drug, depending on the type. So for a very, and it's also by the weight of the cat. So for a very small wet FIP kitten, we can currently uh, cure a 12 week course for the drug is about $900. But a, a neurological case of a larger cat can go up to ten thousand uh, dollars. Also, uh, about eighty, we can cure eighty percent of FIP cases with these drugs. But of those eighty percent, twenty percent relapse. So they'll people mm. will complete a twelve week course and then they go into a, an eighty four day observation period. During that period, one in five will relapse and have to go back on the drug. Obviously, that raises the cost. Of course. Would you say that your numbers are pretty close to what Dr. Peterson got with how many people in this 30,000 group, Facebook group, how many people have undergone the treatment? If you could guess, like, are there thousands of people that have done this? There are. Yes, we, I'm aware of thousands of cats that have been cured in the last two years on my mm -hmm. Facebook page alone, while Zen by Cat is focused on raising money for research, we also have a page on our site where I have 800 FIP cat stories. Uh, uh, and of those, uh, I think uh, 500 or something are undergoing treatment now, several hundred have been cured and that's just my group. So we know that uh, thousands and thousands of cats are being treated and have been cured. That's for for a disease that literally was previously fatal those are unbelievable statistics and they have to bring um, a glimmer of hope for everyone listening or reading this information it it provides a crack of hope which is really unbelievable peter have you seen side effects from this antivirus medication or or what could the side effects be or, or really not not bad side effects. Well, and again, I'm, I'm not a doctor and I don't want yeah. to tend to yep. be one, but in all my experience, both in the trials and all my, I've been fortunate enough to know Dr. Peterson and other researchers, uh, the only side effects that were documented during the trials uh, were uh, inhibition of adult teeth forming when they were treating young kittens. So mm. Smokey, my cat, some of his teeth never came in. Interesting. Uh, I, I don't know of any other medical side effects. Uh, there is some uh, issues with the scarring because of the repeated injections. Mm -hmm. uh, but other than that, it's a very, very safe drug. In fact, uh, Miss Bean, who didn't make it, uh, you know, they learned a lot from her. One of them was how safe the drug was because at some point she was on 10 times the dosage. Wow. No ill effects from the drugs. So one of the things that we, we try to encourage people, and, and you're a doctor, and, and I definitely want to speak to this, uh, FIPOR is 5.0, has a specific site for veterinarians 
to mm. connect to, to, to teach them about this drug. Uh, and one of the things we, we try to get the word out is FIP can be diagnosed uh, in a day with a simple blood test, a couple, I mean, there's no definitive blood test, but in other words, you can do, look at the blood values and look at the condition of the cat and come to a diagnosis of 80% sure it's FIP. And then we want people to start the drug because the drug is so safe. And so rather good. than spending thousands of dollars and, and weeks on tests, if you think it's FIP, start the drug, the cat will respond in a couple of days, you know you're on the right track. If it doesn't, you haven't hurt the cat. And you haven't, you know, it's heartbreaking to hear people spending so much money trying to diagnose the disease and then not have the money to treat the cat. Yeah. Or you spend you spend weeks trying to diagnose a very elusive disease to diagnose. And that during that time, your cat is dying of the disease. Yes. And that's devastating as well. So that's really good advice. It's safe. Uh, safe enough that if, if for all practical purposes, your veterinarian has, has reason to believe that this is FAP begin treatment. That's, that's fantastic. I do know that this coronavirus protease inhibitor, which is what this experimental drug is, it does come in an oral form, Peter, is that a no, no, or where at, where are we with the potential for oral? So, so yes, it, it is an oral form. Now those were created by the Chinese companies initially uh, there was a lot of hesitancy. Dr. Peterson spoke to this that there, there, there originally there was no research in that, but it does work. And and again, oh. so many thousands of cats have used the oral version. So often now, uh, people will start with the injectable form, especially if the cat is very sick and can't keep yeah. can't keep pills down, and then they'll move to the pill form because the injections are difficult to give. They're painful. They're daily. Uh, and and people will just go back and forth. The the pills are a little more expensive generally. Uh, mm. but they work just as well. That is really refreshing to hear. Um, and that's good because I think originally they were, they had, they did have some concerns, I think about whether the oral form was as effective. It's fantastic that it is. Yes. The injectable form, Peter, is it something that veterinarians teach owners to give at home or is it, is it strictly administered at the veterinary hospital? Well, so most, a lot of vets won't touch this because it's unregulated and also mm-hmm. A lot of veterinarians believe it doesn't work or, or that, you know, they, they just don't know that uh, FIP is treatable. But uh, so initially, all people had to give the injections at home. Um, some vets are more friendly. Some will, will give them. They will, of course, they will never buy it. They can't do that. Of course, of course. Be in so the, the, the cat, the human, the cat's human, will buy the drug and then the, the vet will administer it. In my case, Smokey's case, uh, GC376, the one he was on, was twice daily shots for 12 mm. weeks, and it was extremely painful, and I couldn't get Smokey to do it, so I hired a vet tech to come to my house twice a day. Uh, yeah. But today, a lot of people are, are able to do it. I think some of the drugs now are a little less painful, um, but the answer to your question is some vets will administer, some won't. It, they they kind of go where their comfort zone is. And would you say you've been at this now for many years, Peter? Do you, I, so if you, listeners and readers that don't know about me, I am a proactive wellness veterinarian. And I, I born and raised in Iowa, went to vet school in Iowa. I'm also a woman of huge belief in common sense. I mean, start with the least toxic options. And as long as they are not harmful and benefiting the patient, then work up the toxicity scale. So this is a treatment that I would be ecstatic to try if I had an FIP suspicious case at my practice, I would absolutely try this. 
but I am that girl that will say to my clients, listen, you have a kitty that's probably going to die of this disease. This is your only option. Of course, the worst case scenario is it may not work. You may spend a lot of money and your kitty may still die, but why not try it? As long as everyone understands what's going on, why not? I also understand that most veterinarians do not share that viewpoint. That being said, Peter, what has the veterinary reception been from your vantage point? Do you, do, are you getting more veterinarians contacting the groups, contact, reaching out maybe um, if you're in contact with Dr. Peterson? Has the veterinary reception been at least a little bit more open in the last couple of years or not so much? Yes, yes, it's, it's opening quite a bit. And as I said, FIP Orders 5.0 has a dedicated page of veterinarians, growing list of veterinarians who join this group. Often uh, the, the cat owner will go to the veterinarian and tell them about FIP Orders and, and the doctors are skeptical at first and then they see it and then they come on board. So uh, I would say the reception is, is growing and, and mostly positive. That's that is that's very refreshing to hear, especially I don't think there's anything uh, more frustrating than getting this overwhelming diagnosis as a as a cat parent, you feel like you've been hit by a bus, you get your bearings, you find the site, you try and make a plan, and then you contact your veterinarian who you need to be in partnership with, you know, your veterinarian is your best friend, your ally, your confidant, but you want you want to have some synergism, some agreement with your vet, and then have your veterinarian say, heck no, we're, no. I mean, that, that is a miserable situation as a cat parent to be in. It's refreshing to hear that we have more open-minded veterinarians at least willing to look into this potential treatment. Is this something, Peter, that you can combine with other supportive therapies. For instance, in my practice, I use esadinomethionine and IV vitamin C, which actually has been demonstrated to help bolster coronavirus infections and prevent sepsis and a bunch of other things. Can this, can this new experimental therapy play nice with other types of supportive treatments? Um, it, it, it can. Uh, the general rule is we to give the least amount of supportive treatments. We don't want to interfere with the drug, uh, yeah. but you have to keep the cat alive. So uh, that's another thing that the, the members of FIP 5.0 are really good at because uh, they get advice from these vets who help them. Yes. So people often ask, should I be giving steroids? Should I be doing this? And they are very good. Uh, again, once you join the group, you get an admin who's dedicated to you and your cat and Aww. encourage people to ask them, always ask them yeah. and they'll tell you, this is, this is the best practices. This is what we've heard. Um, and so the answer is yes. Supportive uh, therapy is very important, especially in the early stages. Once the cat the responds, usually, you know, within a, a one to two weeks, the cat looks totally healthy. Wow. Um, and then it's just uh, keeping up with the drug. It's very important that, that, that you don't miss a drug. Obviously, with the injections, it's painful. Sometimes some leaks out and you have to stick them again. Uh, it, it's, it's not an easy treatment, that's for sure. Yeah. And Peter, are there, is there ever a situation where it appears like the kitty didn't respond for the first 12 weeks? Have you ever done a second treatment where there is response or no? If the kitty did not respond with the first 12 weeks, that cat probably won't respond? Um, so yeah, sometimes cats will start and they won't respond and will uh, they'll increase the dosage and, and maybe that cat needed more than the normal dosage and then they'll respond. But what usually happens is they'll respond in one to two weeks 
and then maybe during the 12 weeks they might have uh, go down a little bit and then they have to increase the dosage. Uh, it is not unheard of for a, for example, a cat with wet FIP during the, the treatment to have it turn into dry FIP or even neurological. They'll start experiencing neurological symptoms and then we immediately raise the dose. Uh, and then a cat in all those cases uh, might complete treatment in 12 weeks. Uh, everything looks good. They go into observation and then they may relapse. So yeah. the 84-day relapse period is comes from Dr. Peterson's research, and now we have years of, of all of these cats being treated, that we have found after 84 days, if a cat has not relapsed, they don't. Wow. That's that so far. I think in all of the cases I've heard of, only one cat has ever relapsed after 84 days. Uh, you know, that's antidotal. That's just what I've heard. But Sure, sure. So we consider a cat cured after the 84-day observation. You know, where my brain goes, especially just looking at humans with COVID, uh, and the, part of the reason I'm, I, I have this theory is I'm taking a genetics class. I'm in continuing education all the time. I can't stop learning. So right now I'm taking this gen, a human genetics class pertaining to variants, which means humans have all of these genetic variances and dogs and cats also have genetic variants. One of the things we know that most cats have been exposed to FIP to coronavirus that creates FIP and knowing that coronavirus is in the environment and that healthy cats don't have an issue with it. My suspicion is that cats, the small percent of kitties that do go on to develop FIP, I think that there may be a genetic variant in their bodies that causes them to be susceptible to acquire this infection. And I also think that genetic variants could cause the need to have a different drug dose. This is just all my theory, but because we know this to be true of humans, I'm very suspicious that it might be true of kitties. Have you seen any differences between different breeds of kitties or we're not quite there yet in terms of, I know obviously weight matters, but have you seen anyone collecting information about breed variances or not yet? Um, so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, so <laughs> as you said, the common coronavirus uh, in cats, which is a coronavirus similar to COVID in humans, um, is, is, is everywhere, right? 90% of felines in the world have this. Normally, it's just a cold. They catch it. They get over it. Uh, some people have, have tried to rid their household of the coronavirus. Um, it, it's not really possible. It, it gets reinfected. And then in the, in the 1% to 2% of where the coronavirus mutates into the deadly form of FIP, and then it's not contagious once it mutates, what those triggers are is still not definitively known. Mm -hmm. Genetics plays a part. Uh, that is, uh, you know, siblings, I think I was told, you know, a sibling has a 10% higher chance. It's a pretty small uh, raised chance, not very, not very big. Uh, I have two cats that lost their sisters to FIP. They're doing fine. Uh, yep. Sometimes there are clusters, like a house will lose three or four FIP cats, either from one litter or one family. Uh, and I, it, it was explained to me that's just statistically expected that of millions and millions of FIP cases, of course, there'll be groups, but it's not horizontally contagious. The genetic part is, is not understood, but uh, you spoke about uh, are there specific breeds. It is known that uh, uh, FIP strikes a lot of breeders, uh, and that could be genetic. Also could be that, that there are often a lot of kittens in a small area where the viral load is higher. FIP seems to strike 
uh, cats with compromised immune systems, which is all kittens, right? Because they're yeah. not developed and older cats, but it can strike others. So all of that taken together, the triggers, the, the way we try to ward off FIP is kind of mostly common sense, you know, clean household, not crowded, uh, healthy cats. And then if you if you get a cat that, that, that struggled as a very young kitten, you're more wary of that they're more susceptible to it. We try to space out vaccines, but we still believe in vaccines. Uh, Dr. Peterson once told me that in a perfect world, we wouldn't spay or neuter a cat till one year because their immune system would be 100%, but that's not a practical solution because by then you'd have lots of little kittens. Yeah, yep. So there are, there's, there's, a, and there's a lot, there's so much we don't know. We, yeah, most, we, we do not know enough about this virus by any means to, but I think part of us learning and growing is having the discussion. So I love the fact that, I love the fact there's, that there's actually a Facebook group that assigns an admin because the feeling of being overwhelmed and what to do is, is real. And the fact that there is a veteran admin there to walk you through and to answer questions is really a, a beautiful, a beautiful gift. Yes. Um, and, and I, I, I would like to say again, these are these are all volunteers. Yes. And sometimes I we, we totally understand people are stressed and panicked. Uh, usually the admin will contact you within 24 hours and then they are there to help guide you through the process. Uh, but they are volunteers and yes. you know, they're not you're yes. not seeing them. Uh, exactly. So so, so be kind, <laughs> be be patient, yeah. be kind, be understanding that these are people who total strangers who are doing everything they can to help you. Please be kind and patient. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thank yes. you. Um so Peter, you did set up Zen by Cat to help not only with the donations that would allow for further research. What are what are some of your end goals in setting up Zen by Cat? If let's just say that we could all help you raise five million dollars, what what would the end goal be? Okay, so so this will be a little commercial for Zen by Cat. Yeah. So when I met Dr. Peterson, he said he said he needed money. I immediately donated five hundred dollars, and when I gave him the money, his look was very funny, and I said, "Oh, you you mean like big money?" And he yeah. said, "Yes." He said. We need a million dollars a year in FIP research to end this disease. So I set up Zen by Cat as a nonprofit, uh, and it's unique in the world. And this is my little commercial: why people should support us. Because when I set up, we guarantee ninety cents of every dollar goes to the researchers that we fund. We fund Dr. Peterson's group, Sock FIP at UC Davis, and it, at his insistence, because he is a true scientist, the other half of the money goes to the Bria Fund under. Uh, what was the Wind Feline Foundation, they changed their name, and they fund researchers around the world. So we spread the money around. We guarantee that 90 cents every dollar goes to those groups. I use just 10 cents to try to offset some of our, our overhead, and I make up the difference. So, and then the, 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 the point of raising a million dollars, we try to get people to give $10 a month automatic donations. That's the easiest way for us to raise money. People sign up, we send them a free t-shirt like this. Uh, I actually pay for the t-shirt. It doesn't come out of their money. Uh, and then if we could get 5,000 people, just 5,000 people to give $10 a month, that's a million dollars a year. So Zen by Cat is focused on that. As I said, uh, I have 800 cat stories on my site. We connect people with the drug. We try to help save today's cats. But our, our goal is we tell people, look, we will do everything we can to help you save your cat. And then when you're done, 
maybe you could sign up for $10 a month and pay it forward. Because honestly, when I set this up in 2016, all cats died. And we had to ask yeah. people who, who just lost their cat to donate. And these drugs would not exist had those people not been able to donate even when their cat died. So we, we try to get this message out, save your cat, we understand that, but then don't forget the researchers uh, this is this is what we do. That's what Zen by Cat is focused on. And do you believe? And first of all, I love that, and I couldn't agree more. That after you, if your life has been touched by this disease, educating yourself, empowering yourself, saving your cat's life, step number one, yes. But then joining the mission. I mean, you your life has been changed because of all you've learned and how you've grown. I do think ethically, we do need to pass along that knowledge and pass along wisdom and pass along the educational component. That's exactly what Zenby Cat is doing. Because it appears that it could be, it is the end goal to finally get some of these antivirals licensed for cats or is the end goal getting the antivirals licensed for humans and then veterinarians continue using them extra labely? Well, Again, there's a lot of irony here that the, the drug GS, G, um, GS drug that came from Gilead initially, uh, and you know this, I'm sure better than most people, but drug companies all over the world, they make available their drugs to researchers free, a lot of variants. And they, they told Dr. Peterson, you can try all these drugs with the caveat that if it's successful, we get to commercialize it. Uh, and then for their own reasons, they decided not to commercialize this particular one for cats because they're using it on humans. For people, right? Correct, and they didn't want to endanger the human market if something went wrong with the cats. But the goal of the research uh, is to find more drugs like GS because uh, it's analogous to human HIV drugs. When we treat, treat HIV in humans, they're given a cocktail of these drugs. Uh, that way that, you know, for example, GS is effective in 80% of the cases. That means 20% are resistant. If yeah. we had a cocktail, one of the other two would get that part. Without a cocktail, we are we are growing a resistant form of FIP. Eventually, GS would stop working. So one of the purposes of research is to just have more than one drug. Yeah. And then the other research that we're funding is uh, a vaccine would be the holy grail, right? Mm. Better to prevent the drug than, than have to treat it. Um, that's the answer to your question. Yeah, and and so so right now, then the money that you're raising is going towards looking at other antiviral drugs. I guess is is correct. I, correct. Okay. We're, we're not yeah. doing so. So Anavive is working on GC. That's in the pipeline. And GS uh, again, Gilead is not going to move forward with that. So it 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 will be out there. The Chinese, I think, are close to getting the Chinese version of F, their FDA approval. If that happens, it may make it easier to import the drug. I know remdesivir, which is the parent drug of GS. Is I was just going to ask you about that. Is that what has anyone looked at using remdesivir for for cats? Yes, it's it's currently uh, licensed for animals in Australia, and they are using it. Uh, again, I I don't claim to be an expert. My understanding is uh, GS, which is a derivative drug of, of remdesivir, seems to be more effective than remdesivir. But remdesivir is treating cats. Okay. Uh, I don't know that much more, but it is legal in, in Australia for cats. Okay. Okay. That's good news too. I mean, that, that, that gives at least Australian cat owners options. At least there's somewhere in the world that, that veterinary medicine is using newly licensed drugs in this situation for this purpose. That's fantastic. And 
currently Dr. Peterson's still working on, on FIP in terms of trying to develop the GC376. Is that, do you have any idea? I don't know how often you stay in touch with him, but I guess my question is in the US or do we have active FIP research still going on right now? Yes, there's a lot of uh, FIP research going on at both at UC Davis and around the world. Uh, I, again, don't want to speak for Dr. Peterson. Uh, he has retired three times in his life. Uh, <laughs> I believe he's officially retired, but he is still active and, and amazingly answers plenty of emails from people um, great. who are using these drugs. I mean, he, he has his life's career. He's done many things. But, you know, he's been trying to solve FIP for 55 years. Yeah. So he is uh, thrilled to watch his research save animals. Uh, wonderful. It's really wonderful. So, Peter, if people wanted to, so two different questions. If people wanted to learn more about building a kick-ass house for cats, let's talk about that. But if people wanted to also learn more about ZenCat, where do people go to learn more about you, uh, Zen by Cat? and then how to make their homes more cat happy, healthy, and friendly. Where do people go to find information about you? So uh, our main website, which is zenbycat.org, uh, has links to both uh, House of Neko, which is my cat house. You can just, if you just want cat videos, you can see that. It has lots of information on FIP if you have an FIP cat. So that's the main source. And then I am happy to Zoom with anyone uh, to talk about FIP or catifying your house. As I said, mm. before I got involved with FIP, my main goal was to just show that, uh, you know, you can live with cats and it benefits both of you. Uh, full disclosure, I find humans challenging and difficult. And, uh, I come home from the human world and sit down with some of my 24 cats and it lets me survive the human world. Um, I... I hear you, brother. That is, that's why I'm a veterinarian, not a human medical doctor, because I, yes, it, there's something quite magical about the healing and restorative powers of just being around animals. I couldn't agree more. I'm so thankful that you have, out of this horrifying experience of you dealing with FIP, you have used that incredibly difficult experience to empower the people around you to have other options. You've used it as a platform for education. You've also used it to, for worldwide outreach to bring information and education about this devastating disease. So out of that point of pain, look at all the good and the education and the information that you are spreading. Peter, if you learned one thing since 2016 that you would wanna share with the world, what would it be? About FIP, about cats? About, yep, about, about, about your evolution as a cat dad and uh, a passionate FIP educational warrior. You, you are not the same human now that, than, that you were in 2016 when this hit you and you had to undergo all this. You've learned a lot. If you could summarize kind of your thoughts in terms of where you're at now, what would it be? Um, so, yeah, I guess it's related to one of the tragedies of FIP, and it's not just FIP, but speaking of FIP, when someone loses a cat to FIP, especially a little kitten, it's really traumatic. They've never heard of this disease. It often makes people afraid to adopt again. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's really sad to have FIP not only take away your kitten, but then take away the joy of cats. So one of the things that I've 
learn not just with FIP, but with adopting and, and ultimately we outlive most of our cats is when, when, you, when you let an animal into your life, part of the bargain is that you will help them exit this world. So whether we lose a cat to FIP or to old age or to lymphoma, uh, it's just part of it. So uh, I have learned that when you're going through that pain, it's just the price we we choose to pay because you get hopefully 15, 16 years of, of this joy and then you, you have to go through that. So when I, when I hear people losing to FIP, uh, that's the biggest sadness is they then they are forever scarred and yeah. you can't un, unknow it you know before you know about fip it's kind of ignorance is bliss and now every time you adopt a kitten and the kitten sneezes that's what you think of but now we have a treatment right and the last thing i want to speak to about it this treatment is expensive and is difficult and uh you as a veterinarian know this it's not just fip lots of times people will, will bring you a cat and you'll say i can cure your cat but it's x thousands of dollars and they say i don't have it and the cat is euthanized and that's heartbreaking uh but uh dr peterson has often said we cannot save them all and people who who let animals in their heart we save who we can right and mm -hmm. and each one we save we save their whole world which is quite amazing yeah. so the, the thing i want i've learned that i want to tell people is uh, if you if the pain gets too much, um, that's sad. Take a break and then come back uh, yeah. because you're 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 doing good. Yeah, really beautiful advice, Peter. In essence, don't let one really dark experience prevent you from the unbelievable joy of a lifetime of sharing your life and house with kitties. It is an overwhelming experience, but you are spot on the amazing gifts that having cats that being in relationship with cats can provide don't let that experience with fip scar you enough to deny you the pleasure and the joy of having cats because um out of that pain look what you've done and look at all uh, that you're educating and and the world of good that you're doing thank you peter for joining our Cat Week extravaganza. Thank you for your commitment to providing an environmentally friendly, enriched, healthy, safe environment for your cats in your home. But beyond that, thank you for all that you're doing to get the word out about the glimmer of hope pertaining to this previous devastating disease. There's hope on the horizon and we really appreciate you spending your time getting the word out. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It's great to get to that. Thank you.